Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, once again talking with you about practical issues related to ministry leadership. This is a big week at Gateway Seminary. We are hosting for the first time Dr. Paul Chitwood, the president of the International Mission Board on our, on our Ontario campus. Uh, Dr. Chitwood has uh, been in his office for a few months. Uh, I think the day after he was selected, I wrote him and invited him to come to our campus, and he very quickly and graciously uh, responded positively to that invitation. He'll be on campus uh, for a couple of days this week, Wednesday and Thursday. On Wednesday, we're featuring uh, meetings for Gateway students, faculty, and staff to give them an opportunity to uh, talk with Dr. Chitwood about our role as a seminary and support of the International Mission Board. And then uh, we're also making it possible for uh, him to go out to California Baptist University and meet with students or whoever they bring together that has interest in international mission service as well. So we're looking forward to a couple of good days with that. And then on the next day, uh, we're doing uh, a pastor's breakfast for a pastor's briefing with uh, Dr. Chitwood, and then he'll be speaking in chapel. So we are going to pack his 24 hours full in the time that he's with us here at Gateway. Uh, It's not too late. If you want to come out for chapel on Thursday and you hear this podcast uh, before then, just get in the car and come on out. We'd love to have you. Well, uh, I want to talk more than just about a promotion for him being here, about why the IMB is such a vital ministry partner for us at Gateway, and really, even more than that, why the IMB should be a primary ministry partner for you uh, individually and certainly for you as a church leader. Now, I know today there's a tremendous energy about independent missions. Uh, we want to, as, a ch- as churches, uh, <clears throat> start to other churches, go on mission trips, uh, be plugged in, hands-on with some uh, meet, uh, need in the world and trying to meet that need. And I am for that. I, I really am. I-, I think that the more you can get people involved in missions and the more you- people you can get involved directly, uh, the better off we all are. But... There's a caveat there to how I see this this uh, individualization and this individualized responsibility. And the caveat is I think that you're best served if you do that kind of engagement through a missions organization that really does have a sound strategy, has people on the field, and really has an ongoing process uh, that's uh, very intentional that your church or that you individually can plug into. I've seen so many examples of churches that have engaged in missional activity uh, and really done more harm than good. But I've also seen many that did a really good job with it. And one of the differences is those churches that really do a really good job and tend to make a really significant impact work through an organization or through an existing process to really magnify and focus uh, their work in other locations and really intensify their effectiveness because of that. So I want to talk with you about why I think the International Mission Board is a particularly good partner uh, for you as an individual and for you as a church leader and for your church. Uh, There are at least three reasons why Gateway has chosen the IMB as their preferred partner. Uh, first First of all, we train future missionaries. It's what we do. And we want to have a partner that can receive those missionaries and send them out and get the work done and all of those kinds of things. Uh, a second reason that they're a preferred partner for us is they support is uh, they support and we support current missionaries. Uh, we have gateway graduates all around the world. In fact, this last summer, 
Our Beyond teams uh, that went out from Gateway went to India and worked with three different couples, all Gateway graduates who are working there in that country. We partnered with them. We supported their ministry. We did what uh, we we engaged their strategies and tried to be an accelerator or a flywheel effect for them to push them along in what they're trying to do. So we're uh, partners because we work with and support their current missionaries. And then we're also a, they're also our preferred partner in this regard. Uh, while we allow other groups to uh, you know, send out information electronically or be involved with our students in different ways, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not closed-minded about other groups. Uh, we only allow one group, uh, International uh, Missions Organization, to have prominence on our campus, and that's the International Mission Board. We feature them in chapels, we put their materials out, we, uh, we magnify their work in every way possible, we have photographs from their, their mission field and their missionaries' activities hanging in our buildings. Um, this is the kind of preferred partnership that we try to have with this organization. So on, a, on an organizational level, we have a partnership, but I want to emphasize the more personal aspect of it for me. You know, I, I see the IMB from a different perspective than many of you. I, I see it as a little bit of a denominational insider. I'm in regular meetings with the president of the IMB. I'm hearing regular reports about uh, the behind-the-scenes work that they're doing, some of the behind-the-scenes challenges they're facing. Um, it's not that I'm learning secrets that no one else can know. I, I'm just privileged to have uh, an information and perspective that really isn't broadcast for lots of different reasons. The more I've learned about the IMB, the more I have wanted to be their partner. The more I know about their inner workings, about their leadership, about their strategies, about their effectiveness, and even about their problems and how they address those problems, the more I know about them, the more I want to be their partner. And when I say I'm their partner, let me tell you three different ways. First of all, Ann and I are the IMB partner in prayer. My wife is a praying machine. She loves to pray, and she loves to pray for missionaries. And so we have that kind of commitment to the IMB personnel who've gone out from Gateway uh, to support them in prayer. Another way we're personally engaged is, uh, is financially. My wife and I have for years, I, I, I expect probably for 30 years, we have set aside money every month to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering for International Missions. It's just a regular part of our budget. We budget money every month. I move it into a little holding account uh, or really just a holding ledger in our in our bookkeeping system at home. And uh, that money accumulates through the year. And in December, we write a pretty significant check, at least for us, a significant check to the International Mission Board to support what they do all around the world. We are invested financially. Um, we don't give any, we don't give um, more money to any other missions organization. They are our number one financial commitment that uh, we make every year to any organization. Uh, we, we give it to the IMB. So we're invested financially, but we're also invested financially another way. And this is a way that a lot of people don't think about when they think about giving to and through the International Mission Board. A number of years ago, uh, Anne uh, said that God had really convicted her about her need to be really more directly engaged in orphan care around the world. And for a lot of different reasons, uh, adoption was not a good option for us, and being more personally involved uh, with her going or being overseas really wasn't possible with the job that we have and the demands we have in ministry. But it was possible that we could be involved financially. And so Anne said, that she really wanted us to prioritize uh, putting some money aside every month to give to orphan care and orphan ministry. 
And I said, I'll be glad to do that. I think that's a worthy goal and a worthy gift. Whatever we have to do to make that happen, I'm on that team. And so I was really supportive of Ann's, of Ann's uh, interest and her conviction. But I did say this one thing. I said, I have one, one requirement, and that is we give the money through the International Mission Board. Now, that may surprise you because you may say, well, the IMB is not really an orphan relief organization, and that's true. They're not. But the IMB has organ, orphan relief ministry going on in various places all around the world. And I knew that from having been involved with the IMB and knowing what they do and knowing who some of their missionaries are. And so while that's not their number one focus, and there are certainly other organizations out there that have that as their number one focus, I knew that I could give through the IMB and make a specific commitment that was for orphan care or orphan ministry. Now you may say, well, what about other areas? Listen, the IMB has all kinds of other mission uh, strategies going on to reach people all around the world that would enable you to give to, to a niche a cause or a niche meaning, uh, a niche ministry like we're doing. Now you may say, well, why why wouldn't you pick another organization that really specializes in orga- in uh, in orphan relief? Because I know some of those other organizations, and I know how much money they spend on fundraising, and how much money they spend on promotion, and how uh, much money they spend on trying to raise the money, and how little percentage they spend uh, compared to the IMB on actual field ministry. And I want my money to go to the field. I don't want it to go to a marketing budget. And so, quite honestly. Uh, we started giving to orphan care through the International Mission Board a number of years ago. We set aside money every month, and at the end of the year, or actually in this case twice a year, uh, we write a check and we send it on to help specific projects. And uh, the IMB always funnels that money to a specific need, and I usually get a letter back from someone saying, here's how the money was used, here's what we did with it, here's the difference that it makes. And that's enough for me to know that uh, my gifts are being used wisely. So we're personally invested with the IMB in prayer, and we're certainly invested financially through Lottie Moon Offering and through Orphan Relief. We also, though, have been invested personally through trips. Uh, Ann and I have made uh, two different kinds of trips with the International Mission Board, are in support of the work of the IMB. First of all, as you might guess, we've made mission trips where we've traveled internationally uh, for the purpose of joining up with missionaries and trying to support them, help them uh, further their work and accomplish more uh, more effectively the strategies they have in place. But the second uh, kind of work that we've done has been to encourage missionaries. Now, partly because of my uh, platform as a seminary president, um, I'm uh, able to... um, go some places and do some speaking, and, and beyond that, go to some places and just meet with missionaries and do those kinds of things. And we've taken advantage of that opportunity. Um, I've spoken at a number of different meetings where missionaries come together for training, for encouragement. Anne's gone with me on those. I've just recently accepted another opportunity to do that internationally with the IMB, and I'm looking forward to that very much. So we are invested. We're invested personally in the International Mission Board. Um, we are prayer partners, we are donors, uh, we are uh, mi- personal missionary supporters in speaking, teaching, writing, and joining them in the work that they're doing. So uh, the IMB is our partner as a seminary, and it's our partner personally. Now, I started out this podcast by saying that um, that I've really known the IMB well enough and known the leadership well enough and been behind the scenes enough to have some real appreciation for who they are. 
And uh, I want to be more specific about that now, because if you're not yet convinced that the IMB needs to be your primary partner, and I would say your only mission partner, I mean, this is the largest mission-sending organization in the world. They can be a vehicle through which you can do anything overseas, okay? And so I want them to be your primary partner, and even that, your only partner overseas. And let me give you some reasons why. First, their leadership. Uh, I've known several of the presidents, uh, Jerry Rankin, Tom Elliff, David Platt, now Paul Chitwood. In every case, these were men of integrity, of spiritual devotion, of uh, passionate commitment. And you may say, well, yeah, but this one made this mistake or that one made that mistake. Well, of course they made mistakes. They're human. But the trajectory of their lives and their ministry has always been positive. It's always uh, represented uh, Southern Baptist well, and it has always uh, spoken or illustrated you know, integrity in their decision-making. Now, have I always agreed with every decision they've made? Well, of course not. Have they made every decision correctly? No, not at all. But I can say that about every leader, including myself. So I don't look at just one decision a person makes or just one snapshot of what they've done in their life or, or ministry. I look at the trajectory of what they've done and what that looks like over a period of time. And I would say that the International Mission Board leadership is outstanding, and I want to be partners with people who lead like that. And beyond even the presidential level, I've been privileged to know a number of the vice presidents, regional leaders, and team leaders, and I am consistently impressed with the spiritual devotion, the strategic thinking, and the really the, uh, the ministry commitment that's all throughout the leadership organization. Well, a second reason that I think the IMB should be your preferred, if not your only partner, is their doctrinal integrity. Uh, they have uh, uh, the difficult challenge of maintaining doctrinal integrity in hundreds of different locations, in dozens of different countries, in all kinds of ministry settings, and it is hard. Uh, unless you've traveled the world, you, you really don't understand the level of doctrinal uh, division, difficulty, and dysfunction that is out there in the Christian movement. Uh, it is significant. And IMB missionaries, while there's an occasional problem here or there, for the most part, are rock solid in support of the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 and in what we believe and stand for as Southern Baptists. But not just uh, in a general sense are they doctrinally sound, but in specifically, in, uh, but specifically they are sound in their understanding of the doctrine of evangelism or the the uh, the, the uh, importance of and the right definition of evangelism. You know, in a day and age in which evangelism is being equated with good works, with social justice, with, uh, with uh, spiritual presence, in, 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 the, uh, in a day and age when all of those definitions are growing in prevalence and prominence, the IMB continues to pr- practice evangelism as sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with lost people everywhere and calling them to faith in Christ through repentance, through repentance and faith, or to belief in Christ through repentance and faith. That is evangelism, and that's what the IMB does. And so I am really supportive of the IMB because I have confidence in their doctrinal positions. Third, um, I have confidence in the IMB's fiscal or financial management. Now, uh, you may say, well, man, were you paying attention when they went through that rough time a few years ago? Sure, I was paying attention, and that's exactly why I have confidence in them. Because when faced with a serious decision about how to move forward in a financially uh, uh, solvent and a financially uh, significant way, uh, they made the right choices. Now, 
there was a time when the IMB was augmenting a lot of their work overseas by selling some properties that they owned and by funding their operations by that means. Some of those properties were probably not that helpful and needed to be sold and the money retasked or reused. And perhaps some of that property should have been held on to. I, I know there, there were uh, some questions about that, and I, I understand that. But eventually, that model had to change. And when it had to change, David Platt uh, was then president, and he had to make the hard choices about how that model would be amended to bring the IMB back to depending on the cooperative program and Lottie Moon Christmas offering and then other maybe special gifts they receive as their funding sources and not the sale of capital assets around the world. He made those hard decisions, and as a result of that, some IMB missionaries uh, had to be offered the opportunity to retire, and the scale, the the, the missionary force had to be scaled down. Um, you may say, "Well, that's a sign of of a lack of fiscal integrity," and I say it's just the exact opposite. Uh, when an organization makes decisions, those decisions are always measured and they're always weighed against all the factors at hand and the, the decision to sell property and keep extending the mission force as long as possible, as large as possible, uh, was a decision for its time. But when the property started uh, diminishing and it had been sold and there was, there was no more to be sold and, and changes had to be made, rather than letting the board uh, uh, continue on a, project, on a trajectory that was going to lead to some really serious financial problems in the future, they made the hard decisions to change course. And I applaud them for that. And so the, the way that that decision was handled and the reality of how it was implemented gave me more confidence, not less confidence, in the fiscal management of the International Mission Board. And I would also say another aspect of the IMB's finances that I really like is the high percentage they spend in direct ministry in the field. You know, nonprofits are supposed to keep up with how much they spend on themselves, marketing, promotion, fundraising, and how much they spend on their actual mission. And the IMB is always at the top of the list in nonprofits that are spending the highest percentages possible on their mission. And that is another reason that I like the financial management of the International Mission Board. Well, here's a fourth reason I think the IMB should be your preferred partner, if not your only partner for missions overseas, and that is they have a great strategy. Now, while they do many things, and I've already mentioned things like orphan relief and other need-meeting ministries, and while they uh, do education and some other aspects of work that give them platforms to work all around the world, the International Mission Board is narrowly focused on being an evangelism and church planting uh, agency. Their job, and they see it this way, and they see it very clearly, their job is sharing the gospel, winning people to faith in Christ, discipling those converts into strong, uh, into stable believers, and then from those believers raising up leaders and starting congregations that then start more congregations that then start more congregations. That's what the International Mission Board does. And while they serve in platforms of all kinds and they serve through means and strategies of ministries that give them credibility and context, they all, from top to bottom, see themselves as evangelists and church planters. And that is the strategy I want to support. While I support so many other things that need to be done in our world as a secondary responsibility, our primary responsibility as believers, and certainly our primary responsibility in international service is sharing the gospel and getting the gospel to people all around the world. And when the gospel is implanted in a culture, then raising up congregations to perpetuate the movement. So I like their strategy, and I want to be a part of supporting that strategy. So I've identified four reasons, uh, the leadership, the doctrinal integrity, the fiscal responsibility, and the sound strategy. But there is a fifth reason why I really like the International Mission Board, and I think they should be your preferred, if not only, partner for international missions. And that is, they support their missionaries. They have something called member care. 
And they put resources into medical care, counseling, family support. Uh, They put resources into helping uh, missionary children to grow and prosper and develop appropriately. They put resources into helping missionary children go to college. I mean, it's an entire support system uh, that 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 has been developed over the years that is a true ecosystem of support for these families. Um, one of the dirty little secrets about international service is how many independent missionaries really struggle on the field to have the support base they need. I don't mean the financial support base, although that's also always a problem. I mean, what do you do when you get sick and you need a doctor and you need medical care? You need to be evacuated. You need to be rescued. What, do you, what happens when your children aren't doing well in school or they develop an illness or they have a, 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 a social or psychological development issue that really needs help from the outside? Independent missionaries don't have the resources that the IMB does, and the IMB has those resources in place because they realize our most important asset is our people, and keeping the people strong is vital to keeping the work going all around the world. So that's another reason why I'm particularly invested in and want to partner with the IMB. And I, I want to be personal about this for a minute. There was a situation a few years ago um, while I was the state executive in the Northwest Baptist Convention when a missionary couple that had gone out of the church I planted was overseas. They were in their mid-30s. They had four small children. The wife developed a very serious and very intense heart virus, and within 48 hours, uh, she had died. Uh, The IMB, uh, of course, intervened immediately when they found out that she was ill. They actually sent her on a jet from Africa to Paris to try to get her the treatment that she needed. Uh, The doctors there uh, told her husband, if she had been in their hospital when she contracted this virus, they couldn't have helped her. It's, it's one of the rarest and most uh, destructive, most uh, deadly viruses that attacks the heart. About one in one million people in the world get this. That's how rare it is. But uh, she died there in Paris. The IMB then sent another jet for her children. Uh, they got them together with the husband. They got all of them back to the U.S. Uh, on, a, again, private jet. They brought them uh, back to the Northwest. They cared for them uh, in ways that, are, that were personal and meaningful to me, both as their former pastor and then the state executive of the convention that sent them out. Uh, they kept me informed regularly of what they were doing and how they were doing it in support of this couple. Um, they later uh, gave the, the, the man uh, a year of salary to try to recalibrate in the U.S. and keep him on the payroll of the IMB while he found a, a way to go forward with his family. And then ultimately, uh, during that year, he was called on staff as a missions pastor of a large church, and so, of course, he left the IMB's employment at that time. But I saw the member care of the International Mission Board demonstrated up close and personal. And I want to tell you that uh, it made a believer out of me in what it means to care for people on the field, especially those who give the ultimate sacrifice of their lives. I also can tell you uh, another uh, personal example of this, and that is a leading pastor and his wife in the Northwest had some particular gifts and skills in member care, and they actually went on staff with the IMB and were given a region of the world to coordinate ultimately in member care. And I watched them for years and years serve quietly, behind the scenes, with uh, 
with no recognition or no accolade, but just making sure that the dozens and dozens of families in their region had the personal care they needed to stay on the front lines of missionary service around the world. So I'm a fan, a big fan of member care and what it means for IMB missionaries and what that organization does for its people. Now, one of the criticisms of the International Mission Board today by some is that they're doing their, that their strategy, their methodology, uh, their their um, uh, uh, their doctrinal position on evangelism and church planting that these things are all out of date, and really, there's no need to support this kind of mission sending organization any longer. In fact, uh, some people put it in a really uh, you know short sentence: missionaries, we don't need them anymore. Uh, they think we can replace missionaries with uh, short-term mission teams that go out and serve for a week or two weeks at a time. Uh, they think we can replace missionaries with media, uh, blitzing with internet or television or other media into countries, and by that means uh, replace missionaries. They think we can just support national leaders. Now, I'm always amused by this one because how can you support a national leader when the gospel has never been preached to more than 2 billion people in the world today? <laughs> I mean, there are no national leaders, so you've got to have missionaries, okay? And so, nevertheless, some say, no, we really need to pull out, just pour the money into nationals, let the nationals reach each other, let the nationals reach their people that are uh, close by them, let them be the ones who go into these new people groups, etc. So I've heard it. Missionaries, we don't need them. We can replace them with short-term mission teams. We can replace them with media uh, strategies. We can replace them with national leaders that we fund and place and use in that context. Well, I think there's a place for short-term missionaries. I did a podcast on that a few weeks ago. I definitely think there's a place for media and supportive missionary work, and I see the value of national leaders. I trained some just this summer when I went to India with our Beyond teams. But I still believe that missionaries are God's plan, uh, his foundational plan for getting the gospel to the whole world. Now, let me give you some reasons for that. First of all, missionaries establish a cultural understanding and connection for people who want to work in a, among a particular people. Before you're going to be able to send in short teams or have media that's really effective, you're going to have to understand the culture and how to translate Christianity into that culture in a way that it's receivable by the people who need to hear the gospel. Missionaries do that. They are cultural translators, and they, make a, they, they have the frontline responsibility of being able to make the connections to enculturate the gospel. Missionaries are also important because they establish personal credibility. It's important to be able to send in teams. It's important to be able to, uh, uh, to augment those, uh, the work of missionaries with outsiders who come in, but the missionary provides the personal credibility to give the team that comes in uh, the the uh, pr the uh, momentum to go forward and get their work done. For example, when we were recently in India again this summer, one of the things we talked a lot about was not undermining the work of the missionaries in place, not doing anything to embarrass them or to damage their credibility or to harm them. And so we were particularly paid particular attention that when the missionary said, we need to move on now, or let's go to the next place, or I don't think this is where we need to be right now, that we didn't argue and try to convince them. We know more than they did. We knew they were picking up on cultural clues, that we, uh, cultural cues that we weren't necessarily receptive to, and we needed to support the missionaries and do what needed to be done to preserve their credibility. They have credibility, and they extended that credibility to us, and we were working hard not to undermine it in the field. Another way, reason we need missionaries is because of language skill development. There are still many languages in the world that don't have the gospel and certainly don't have a Bible. We need missionaries who go into those countries, into those contexts, into those cultural settings, into those people groups, 
Uh, learn language and start translating. Learn language and learn how to communicate the gospel. And not just learn language. It's not just about memorizing words. It's learning dialects and learning uh, inflections. And it's learning how language is used. It's learning idiomatic expressions. It's learning all about the ways language is a vehicle for communication. And you're not going to get that with a short-term team or with a media blitz. You can't even have a media <laughs> a media method in a culture until you learn how to translate and how to articulate and how to enculturate language into different settings. And then finally, we need missionaries for leadership development. Man, I'm all for supporting nationals. In fact, this strategy in India that we supported this summer is doing a great job of that. But you can't support nationals unless... Uh, you have missionaries in place who know who's really credible, who know who really has potential, who know who plays well not over a weekend but over six months to a year of training and development and taking on new, new responsibility, expanding their work. So missionaries are important for leadership development. Well, the International Mission Board, it's our preferred partner at Gateway. We're hosting Dr. Chitwood on campus this week. It's my preferred partner personally. I'm invested in prayer, and I'm invested financially, and I'm invested in myself being present on the mission field to support this work. I am a fan of the IMB for a lot of reasons I've enumerated on the podcast. I still believe their foundational strategy is sending missionaries, and I want to be a part of sending missionaries for the reasons I've just enumerated. The IMB is a good partner. I hope you'll choose them as your preferred partner. In fact, I would say your only partner that you need for overseas engagement. You need to find a way to lead your church to be involved in missions all around the world. It's part of your responsibility now as you lead on.